when did this whole tank thing you know start happening for us as fans thursday night football man when we were you think so yeah dude really yes that early standing in the package store (laughs) and watching watching the nfl network fake a feud between ryan fitzpatrick and gardner Minshew about facial hair that's when the fucking tank began Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. I'm Bentley. Joining me via call is Ased. Ah, Ased, we're back for one more recap. How's it feeling? I'm getting a little emotional. I feel like we're not going to speak anymore, you know, for a while until we talk about football. I don't know what to do with my life. Well, well, come on. We're Jaguars fans, man. This is the most exciting offseason in our team history coming up. We're going to have a ton to talk about and we will, we will be here. We will be here. Don't worry. Well, that makes me feel a lot better. I just hope we don't f*** it up this time. That'd be amazing. But I'm feeling pretty good about the offseason. And the season's over. No more stresses. You can just relax. Speaking of f***ing it up, today our task is to go back to our Take It or Leave It episode in which we laid out several predictions or possibilities for the 2020 season. And we uh, we kind of like mock bet on it and said, would you would you bet on this thing happening or not? Um, and man, were we wrong about a lot of shit. In fact, I was even thinking about calling this episode like we were wrong, <laughs> you know? Um, were we though? <laughs> I was were okay. wrong. I was wrong. I think, I think <laughs> you actually resisted my, uh, COVID alarmism and a lot of, uh, bullshit I was, uh, uh, spinning your way, um, very wisely. I think you would have made, I, I was counting it. It was like, $1,600 off the bets, so I'm very proud of you. Very proud of you. Yeah, so are you paying paying out the bets, by the way, or how, do, how does this work? Oh, I'm losing connection. I, I can't hear. I can't. I, I don't know what you said. I, I just cut out right there. <laughs> Speaking of possibly, I was thinking, okay, if we said we were wrong, I'm like, well, wait a second. How might how might listeners interpret this about, you know, Drunken Jaguar, we were wrong? Or What could we get wrong right now? That's what I was wondering about because it seems like there's some stuff up for debate here number one on the immediate list is with the jaguars firing head coach doug marone moment of silence hmm. okay mm-hmm. now fix a bologna mm-hmm. sandwich in the fridge now what is he oh, God, i always forget is is a bologna sandwich right is it's bologna thing? sandwich which is pretty disgusting it's bologna sandwich keep that on hand jesus christ uh that the Jaguars are going to hire a new coach, and there is a ton of debate over who that might be. There's a lot of different routes, and we'll talk about them in a second here. The other one is uh, our buddy Justin Fields outperforming Trevor Lawrence in the college football semifinal this past week. And uh, you're you're a you're a Fields fan. You've been a Fields. I mean, we've been we've been hyped on Justin Fields all season, thinking that's who we're going to draft. Mm-hmm. How do you feel right now? Is are we going to draft Justin Fields? No, we are not going to draft Justin Fields, but what a fun game to watch. Did you get a chance to watch it? I got to ask you that first. Yeah, yeah. I checked out highlights. I was out at the time. Oh, yeah. We were uh, renting a theater to watch Tenet for the second time. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you told me, you told me, you told me. And I was texting you like, holy <laughs> shit, like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Yeah, it was nuts, man. Uh, really great game. I mean, these are the kind of things that happen when, you know, Clemson's head coach Dabo talked a lot of shit, said a lot a lot of things kind of pumped up the Ohio State team and you could sense it in the game but man Justin Fields was fantastic 
people on both ends, you know, some people are like, oh, Justin Fields, should we talk about him more? Or they're like, oh, well, he had played bad against Indiana, played bad against Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. But when it mattered, he was huge, man. He made every throw, the deep throw, fitting in, in tight windows. He was playing with broken ribs, I think. He got banged up pretty bad. He looked fantastic. I watched it with my friend who's an Ohio State fan. And like I said, I said I'm going to be rooting for Justin Fields in this game, no matter what. And he did it. And I won $600. So there's that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> so. You know, yes, of course, I know we sound flip-floppy. We sound like the most flip-floppy duo of people here by even asking if the Jaguars would draft Justin Fields. And, okay, yeah, duh. Like, don't don't write off Trevor Lawrence just because he got outperformed by Justin Fields in one game or maybe two games. Mm -hmm. uh you know it's about the person's talent and potential it's not about a down game here and there everyone has off games but uh i think i i think the the question of justin fields and trevor lawrence is a real one if we go the route of an ohio state or former ohio state coach because there's a lot of talk today about urban meyer um, who's actually, I didn't know that Ohio State actually kept him on as like some sort of a, an advisor and a former former head coach, as well as Ryan Day, either one possibly joining the Jaguars as a head coach. And, and God, doesn't it seem likely that if they were hired that they would prefer someone that they know very well, Justin Fields, even over Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, you would think so. But if it was Ryan Day, which it will not be, it would lean more towards fields and maybe trading down that pick. But with Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer has been on record, I'm pretty sure, saying Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback he's ever seen. I think Trevor Lawrence is the guy he would want if he decided he wanted to be the coach for the Jaguars. Now, I thought Urban Meyer, like, I thought maybe he was only looking at Jacksonville and that's it, right? Like, it's either Jacksonville or else I'm not coming back to coaching. But it seems like he's interviewing with other teams, too, so... I'm not really sure what's going on, but man, wouldn't it be fantastic to have Urban Meyer here? I feel like th that's a culture changer you need, that guy right there. His Florida coaching, I think, his Florida time is what sticks out is, is why he seems to be leaning Jacksonville. Exactly. Yep. I What, what I'm trying to like wrap my head around here is, correct me if I'm wrong, he's won the national championship three times um, and, and across two different teams. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. That's f***ing amazing. That's it, dude. I mean, that's like a proven, when you talk about a coach being a difference, I don't, I can't see stronger evidence for that. You go to a totally different program and win the national championship after winning it somewhere else. It's got to be it. And on top of that, before Florida, he turned around a Utah program, which was not a very good football program, and he turned them into a really solid team. So seeing that even early in his career, he was going to bad, you know, bad college football teams and turning everything around it's a good sign for us right because he's going to be walking into a train wreck really a lot of work to do who else jumps out at you as a good match for coach of course eric Bieniemy. we've always talked about him i i just personally would prefer an offensive mind so like when people are talking about robert sala you know about to interview to be a head co head coach here and he's already been here before I mean, that name sticks out a lot, but that's just not somebody I would prefer to have. But I was talking to one of my friends who's a 49ers fan, 
he was saying, well, if he came, he would bring some, you know, some offensive guys from San Francisco with him to Jacksonville to help him out. I don't know. I don't know who I want. I want Urban Meyer, really. Who would you prefer to have? I don't know. I don't know, man. I gotta, I gotta like definitely call myself out here for being kind of superficial. But uh, I like, I like uh, having a good face for the organization. And all the people you mentioned seem to seem like they they would they would do that, you know. I think in a way, Urban Meyer's proven track record is just amazing. Uh, I've seen, I think the probably the Cowboys, uh, being being like a growing up in a Cowboys family, seeing Bill Parcells come to the Cowboys. Um, even now, Mike McCarthy, it's not always perfect when someone who has done well and accomplished elsewhere comes to your franchise. But it looks like Urban Meyer's got that. Urban Meyer falls for me. Urban Meyer falls into the space of. Trevor Lawrence isn't just a franchise quarterback, a number one pick, a lot of buzz, national attention, persona. He also elevates, even in a superficial way, everything else that's going around the organization. So when Shad Khan says we need to hire a head coach, he says we need to hire a head coach because we're now going to have the number one pick in the draft, Trevor Lawrence. It's not just in a, it's no longer in a vacuum, right? It's all tied to the potential of this franchise QB here. So I think Urban Meyer fits into that, man. I mean, how crazy would that be <laughs> entering preseason? People were like, yeah, the Jaguars have <laughs> Trevor Lawrence as their QB and Urban Meyer as their head coach. They recently hired a new uh, general manager. I mean, major, 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 major makeover. Definitely. Of course, Urban has not coached in the NFL, and that's the only thing that kind of worries me and of course you know his heart condition like if something happens and he has to go away who's going to take over those duties right yeah yeah and it reminds me of steve spurrier coming from florida to or actually no was he at usc at the time yes south carolina yeah coming out of ncaa to to coach uh the washington football team (laughs) the washington washington who are in the playoffs the football team is in the playoffs and yeah and it didn't it didn't last too long um we've got jim harbaugh who we mentioned recently as a quarterback before uh who's now you know back coaching uh, michigan in the ncaa uh coaching the 49ers to a super bowl and that seemed to be okay yeah but uh yeah i don't know i'm a little iffy on that transition myself yeah and i'm, I'm definitely worried about the gm and just everything in the front office. And if you have a second, you think you, you mind summarizing like what the f- Shad Khan is uh, saying about, you know, I'm going to handle the roster moves and stuff. Can you like summarize that for me? Maybe in a Shad yeah. Khan voice? If you As can. always, I'm, I'm very happy to. As always, I haven't heard the original audio clip. Um, I haven't ever heard Shad Khan actually talk except for like one YouTube documentary I watched a couple years ago. So I have no idea how the f- this guy sounds. So we're going to riff it here. I don't even remember what he said. So, thank you for thank you everyone for your patience. Here we go. Cheat a little bit. Nice. Give me his quotes. Give me his fucking quotes, everybody. Give me his quotes. Okay, yeah. So, so this is this is con, and I'm I'm gonna you know I'm gonna paraphrase here. Basically, comes out and says he needs some roster control because you know you 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 don't want players going in and out of contracts given until you're aware of what's happening. All right, so he said this um, 
No one knows what the f*** he meant by that. And then try talking about his uh, elevated role in in the on- goings on of the organization, because we all know that he, out of I don't know, man, laziness or apathy or cowardice, hired Tom Coughlin to be the executive vice president of football operations a few years ago. He's he's saying no, you know what? That's that's gone. He said he's saying you know striking the balance between delegation and abdication. I think is an important point. Certainly, I found in the last fifteen months having that necessitates conversation. You're part of the conversation with the GM and the head coach. So being part of here for the immediate future, I think, is important to me. And as always, no one knows what the what the f*** he's saying here. Yeah. Um, take it or leave it. It sounds like he might be, uh, he, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, you know, sweeping the corridors of the TIA, TIA bank field in the coming days. Um, if he's, you know, Picking these coaches up at the airport, driving them around Jacksonville, hanging out, doing a little in-person interview, making sure that they're happy with their hotel room, all this kind of stuff. Maybe that's what he's looking at. You know, maybe he's maybe he's going through tape, right? Maybe he's looking at, uh, he's comparing Trevor Lawrence, just making sure sort of like a final step that we don't f*** up and draft the wrong guy. So he's comparing Justin Fields to Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and it's like, look, look at the arm on this lad, right? Like he's saying, he's saying, you know. You know, we, we counted Justin out just because of a couple of shitty games this season, but golly damn, he throws well. You know, I mean, maybe that's going on. Maybe that's, you he sound kind of like you know, a pirate now. Oh, it's just Trevor Lawrence here. <laughs> <laughs> the Pakistani pirate. Oh, my goodness. I am Shad Khan, the pirate. Lahore Sehu. Like, you know, I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, man. So, yeah, basically, he wants a bigger role. It, yeah. And, and what goes on is what I'm getting out of it. Yeah, and it's you know what, man. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call us out. I'm gonna call us Jaguars fans out because we we are also some flaky pieces of shit sometimes. <laughs> because we will jump ship and then jump right on back to ship, which I guess I guess the appropriate metaphor is Khan's yacht here, right? So we will jump yacht and jump right back into the yacht, depending on some little basics goings on here. And I think if we draft Trevor Lawrence and we sign Urban Meyer or Eric Bieniemy or uh, Robert Sally or any anybody, Byron Leftwich, right? Whoever the fuck it is, and and it works out well, we will be singing Khan's praises by the end of next season. Mark my words. I definitely agree with you, and it's funny that you mentioned that. You know, Jaguars release their home opponents, or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, go get your season tickets or whatever." And I just love reading the Facebook comments on it, where people are like, "I'm not gonna renew my season tickets to go." see this trash product you're putting out on the field. And <laughs> it's just so funny. And those same people will be at the games if they start winning. People are weird, man. And you're right, though. If Trevor Lawrence works out, if we get Urban Meyer, if we start winning games, if we make the playoffs somehow next year, Oof. people will literally be singing his praises. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So, we're, yeah, we're looking, speculating about the future, but I think it's now time to reflect on the past, this past season, and some of our predictions from the beginning of the year. I do want to take a chance to to have a quick listen, and we'll we'll come back right after that. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's roll the dice. All right, number one. The NFL starts the season on time. I would probably bet, if it was my own money, $100. Actually, I'd bet. I'd probably bet $200. Okay, you're taking it at $200. i am taking it. Definitely taking it. Next one. NFL season completes all 16 games per team. Take it or leave it. This one's a little tougher, but I think I would take it. I think the NFL means a lot for one, this country. And out of any sport, if they're going to make it happen, I think the NFL will make it happen. Of course, there's a lot of like the traveling and stuff. And we have to see how it goes with COVID testing. And we don't know what the future holds. You know, in winter, they say this, this thing could get worse. But I would take it, but only for $20. Some teams finish, but others don't take it or leave it there's no way that they either all finish or mm-hmm. none of them finish is how mm-hmm. i would look at it it would wouldn't it just be weird like if some teams just couldn't finish because of covid or anything it just it wouldn't seem right and i don't think it would people would put an asterisk next to it at the end of the season saying this doesn't mm-hmm. count well they didn't play you know five six teams didn't play mm-hmm. or they stopped playing so why does this playoff or why does this super bowl even mean anything like it shouldn't even count a couple of them can't finish. I think they might just cancel the season. I mean, that would suck if you're like week 13. The Jaguars are 12 and 0. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I said. So what what sticks out to you here? What did we what did we get wrong? And what did we get right? Um, so I mean, I think I was right about everything except when it came to the Jaguars, <laughs> I guess, really. You Bentley over here was uh, freaking out about all kinds of COVID stuff. He asked about 10 COVID questions. Are they going to play? How many are they going to play? Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so we did um, ask if the NFL season would start on time. And what happened? It looked like every, every it did start on time. It did start on time. And I want to I want to apologize to my past self. I apologize to my current self, I guess. And I apologize to all the listeners for actually going back and listening to that shit. I was a, I was a total alarmist. I would say partially justified, right? Because the NBA was working in a complete bubble, and um, like one or two MLS teams got got disqualified for COVID. And here the NFL is talking about opening 50, 60, 70, 80,000 seat stadiums. Um, so some of it I think was justified. Most of it was uh, uttered fear mongering. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, the NFL started on time. What else? What else? What else? COVID wise, were we going over? Uh I guess this one isn't. All right, here's a good COVID one. You uh, you asked if some teams maybe would finish and some wouldn't. Yeah. You know, 
take it or leave it, kind of how that would go, who would get in the playoffs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Looked like everyone finished. Everyone played every game. They had to move games around or whatever. I said that everyone would finish. Mm-hmm. So that's all I know. And they all finished. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, again, this is part of the money you stockpiled, the theoretical money you stockpiled in our take it or leave it, leave it segment. Everybody finished. Uh, overall, the NFL season on paper looks like you know your standard NFL season. I will put a big caveat here, which is when I think the Ravens were getting delayed a lot in the middle of the season, uh, different teams... Uh, did have to have games rescheduled. We were watching a Texans game at one point and getting updates that like the the bye week shifted. Right. <laughs> we were disagreeing about when the fuck we're gonna play again and stuff. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's pretty that's pretty significant. And I actually want to ask you, when the Broncos' entire QB room, including the boat himself, Blake Bortles, was uh, disqualified or not, I guess not allowed to to play due to COVID uh, protocols. And the, the NFL did not reschedule that game, but they had rescheduled games for a similar uh, cause before that. Was this the NFL saying, you know what, fuck it, we're not going to reschedule anymore? You could look at it that way. Yeah, like we don't want to reschedule. We got to get all the games done and out of the way. But at the time, it seemed like it was more of like favoritism towards the Ravens. Like, oh, the Ravens are a playoff team. It's Lamar Jackson. We need him out there for our own sake. And Denver's just playing the Saints, and they don't have a chance anyways, really. It was a very bizarre situation. I don't even know how to like interpret it, to be honest, because I don't know what the hell happened or what, what talks were going on you know, up there in the NFL. So we're going to find out more in the playoffs because then you want everyone out there, right? It's the playoffs. It's not just one game. And we'll see with the Browns and Steelers. We'll see with the Rams, too. I, I believe Jared Goff is in COVID protocol. So he might not be able to play. Oh, man. I hope Blake plays. Me too. That'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. It's not going to happen, but it'd be cool. <laughs> um. All right. What else COVID-wise? Uh, the last COVID one I have for you is you asked if there would be any major you know, COVID case in which a player or coach were to you know, be like hospitalized or, you know, near death or you know pass away from covid and as far as i know that did not happen and this one we we said like during the episode we did say we we really hope it doesn't (laughs) like and we took the money off the line on this one and it didn't happen and we both said we didn't think it would happen which is which is good but i do think yeah i think it's important to acknowledge that that is a it's a non-zero possibility that something like that could happen exactly when the uh, one of the I think the, the strength and conditioning coach for the Dallas Cowboys died after an emergency in the locker room, but they say it wasn't related to COVID. They still haven't. I don't think they still have still have not declared exactly what happened. Hmm. Um, my dad was thinking it might have been you know something like you know a weight weight dropped on him or something like an actual physical emergency. Oh, okay, all right. Well, that's scary. That, that that's all for the COVID. Um, take it or leave it. So I have some good you know Jaguar and NFL ones. So if you want to hear those ones. All right, so let's go back and let's listen to that uh, tape again. Take it or leave it, the Jaguars starters by the end of the season are 50% different from the start or more. Like at least half of the starters on the Jaguars team at the end of the season are going to be different than the beginning. Okay, well, so are you talking about due to COVID 
50 percent of the roster will be different or just because some of them are playing like and they need to get some swaps in well, I, I guess both of those count here. 50%. 50% like at least half, starving. or is like unrecognizable, not unrecognizable as in like, you know, no namers necessarily, but but not the same people that we started with. Hmm, this one's tough. I think I'd leave it. Yeah, this was a tough one. Yeah, I, I think I'd leave it. I just, you never know what's going to happen. And this team's in like half rebuild, half we don't know what the hell's going on in this COVID world. And I mean, the franchise is already, you know, kind of a dumpster fire itself you know yeah and then on yeah. top of that we have covid and who knows how things are going to go and we don't even know what the jaguars plan is if they lose a couple games they might start swinging players just seeing what they have and then you know plan for a uh, top five pick and grab a quarterback and move on so i think mm. i'd leave it all right one of my favorite ones you asked if the Jaguars would have at least 50% or more of their starters still playing basically by the end of the season, like week 17, or like, you know, near it. Yeah. What what, what do we got? It seems like... Let me let me pull up the roster. It seems like it's, a, it's, it's right on the 50% mark, maybe, because a lot of the offense was still playing, but the defense, no. But you also did mention... In this, you 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 talked about like there'd be no namers, like like what if there's like people you don't even know playing, and that's literally what happened. Actually, like I'd watch sometimes, but like like who's this guy on defense? Like where the hell did they get him? It's just some guy off the practice squad, you know? Yeah, uh, Karan, we Reed, Trevor Wallace, Sims, Garrett, Mitch McGinn, McGinn. <laughs> Derwin Gray, Austin Pleasance, Casey McDermott, Gabe Wright, Nate Evans, Josh Nurse, Nate Medors, uh, Doug Middleton, Greg Maven. Yeah, Maven. Kamalai Correa. Yep. Man, I'm just I'm reading off of the fucking depth chart right now. Aaron Patrick. Like, who the hell are these guys? So I think on offense, like you said, I think 50% actually probably didn't hit. In terms of overall, because let's see, we still got LaVisca, Tyler Eifert, our offensive line, Sons, Brandon Linder on there. But that's just close, though. It's close. And then defense, for sure, um, not 50% of the original starters. It's close. And and to remind everyone, it's not just like due to COVID. It could be injury, or you also mentioned it could be because, you know, we want to tank at some point, which is actually kind of what ended up happening. I mean, it was a mix of injuries, a little bit of tanking, a little bit of giving these guys a shot. So it was a little bit of everything, but I didn't expect it to happen like this. I'll say that. I remember mentioning some uh, ways in which the NFL was going to be more relaxed on its roster regulations and uh, like the overall amount of players you could have uh, on the roster and stuff. Did you remember anything like that changing? Was there any like was anything relaxed in terms of like trade deadlines and regulations governing when you can sign people and pick them up? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest, but it did seem like there was a lot of like practice squad like signings and he's going here and we're moving him here. Just a lot of movement between players from the practice squad. Yeah, it did sound it felt like you had more mobility as a practice squad player this year than in previous years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, including uh, Bortles leaving the Broncos practice squad to maybe play for the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got uh, speaking of uh, speaking of a uh, guy moving two teams. This was a fun one we can touch on quickly. 
you asked if the Yannick Ngakwe would play a single game for the Jaguars this year. Okay, so one more time. Let's go check out all the bullshit you speculated about. Take it or leave it. And we got we to gotta hear a money wa- wager on, on this one. Um, that Yannick Ngakwe plays at least one game. And I guess that means at least like a play. <laughs> I'd leave it. I'd bet a thousand dollars that he doesn't play. A thousand. Okay. One thousand dollars. Nice. All right. I'll go to the books and put my like twenty bucks against those odds. <laughs> like, think about it, dude. Think about all the shit that's happened. You think he's gonna play? You think they're gonna let him play? You think they want him to play? How'd that go? And you well, you bet the house that And I won the house that I guess. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that he would not he wouldn't even Don a Jaguars uniform, and you were spot on. Where'd he go? Minnesota. Okay, so I couldn't predict that he was going to go to two different teams, though. He went to Minnesota. He was disruptive. Jan being Jan. Hard worker. Very talented guy. And then got shipped off to the Ravens, where he rejoined Calais Campbell and embarrassed Gardner Minshew uh, <laughs> upon meeting the Jaguars. How do you feel about his fit with the Ravens? It's a pretty good fit. I mean... Let's be honest, he's not he's not a great run stopper. I think he's just a good third down pass rusher, honestly. Similar to like what Dante Fowler was when he was here. That's all I think of him. I don't even think he's an elite pass rusher. So Yeah, but if if you every season you have like six, you know, strip sack fumbles caused, you start to look like you're a god. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I can definitely see him having a very long career and a lot of accolades with it because of that. Especially if he's playing there. Yeah, especially he'll have a good, yeah he'll have a good career if he plays there. He did not make the Pro Bowl, right? So our, our pick didn't <laughs> uh, go any earlier. Is that correct? That was one of the funniest things of the season, I think, when Jaguars fans were trying to get him in. <laughs> yeah, they're like mobilizing Packers fans to vote for him and shit. To where like Minneapolis yeah. wouldn't have as good of. I mean, it's insane. Shit is so funny. What else with the Jaguars? I've got winning record we talked about, but also before that, uh, Minshew having a good year. And it was so funny because we like we were such Minshew uh, devotees that we were we weren't even phrasing the question of like I wasn't even asking you is Minshew going to have a good season? Take it or leave it for fifty bucks. I was straight up asking you like, oh, we're all talking about tanking and getting a high draft pick and drafting our next franchise QB, but but you agree, right? If Minshew has a good season, I mean, he might be listed in the top 10 QBs. I have some regrets about what I said. And I I keep thinking back to when I was at the game week one and I was just yelling at my camera saying, stop playing with us. And I felt really good about us. I thought we were going to go to the playoffs. <laughs> I thought we were going to go undefeated. You know, you know how it goes when you win the first game, man. We were excited, and we were just so excited about Gardner Minshew. We had an episode named after him. The chip on Minshew's shoulder. What happened to the chip on Minshew's shoulder, man? What happened? Did the talent not outweigh the chip, or did the chip not outweigh the talent? Do you think we were too hard on Minshew? Do you think that the the management was like even f-ing, like unconsciously tanking? I mean, doing little things here and there. Uh, knowing that they wouldn't be making any kind of serious push this season, that they did that was the was the weight on Minshew's shoulder far heavier than the chip. Basically, what you're asking me is, did they set him up for failure? And well, I mean, kinda, but <laughs> kinda not at the same time. Minshew was framed. <laughs> Minshew was framed. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I just don't believe it. My question to you is, were we too soft on him, not too hard on him? Like we're like as fans, you know, did we 
you know, bring them in, give them a nice warm hug too quickly, you know? Uh, I, I say no. I, I have no regrets, bro. No regrets. I think because we— Really? People were—I mean, Dave Caldwell's situation, to me, is the most mind-blowing in the Jaguars in the last two, two years especially. Because this guy shed talent from the roster, created cap space, set up the team to tank, and then got fired, right? So I don't, I don't know what the fucking House of Cards episode of the Jaguars <laughs> looks like, where, where Shad Shad appears in the backseat of Dave's car and he's like, "You know, we're losing this year, right?" <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know what how that happened, but. I don't know, dude. We 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 kind of tanked. If that's not tanking, I don't know what the hell is. Uh, a six-round quarterback coming in total surprise, like the second or third drive of the 2019 season, to put up occasional uh, elite numbers and to win six games, go six and six, because not all the losses were even on him. I mean, Nick Foles had his fair share. Six and six, and this is better than any other rookie QB. So, no, I do not think we were too soft on him. Yeah. I think we gave him, I think we had uh, justifiable excitement, but that we were working with this, like, dialectic of we're tanking all in the back of our minds the whole time. But as fans, it didn't seem like that. It seemed like we were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be okay. We're going to win. When did this whole tank thing you know, start happening for us as fans. Thursday night football, man. When we were, you think so? Yeah, dude. Really? Yes. Yeah, that early? Standing in the package store in Colorado, buying some fruity ass beers that we were gonna split, <laughs> and watching watching the NFL Network like fake a feud between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Gardner Minshew about <laughs> facial hair. That's when the f***ing tank began. That was pretty obnoxious, how they kept uh, bringing up the facial hair. I mean, we could we could talk about this Gardner Minshew stuff forever. It's just funny because this is probably our last time that we're going to be talking about him, you know? I don't know. I still think he far exceeded expectations, and, and I think that he, he, may, he may go on to some success elsewhere in the NFL, and we will still love him. I hope so. I think all Jaguars fans should hope so. Just like we did with Blake Bortles, you know. We still like him. I, we, we get he wasn't the best player. We still like him, though. And we hope for his success. Same with Minshew. So next we got the Jaguars winning record. And what did you say about that? Did you think the Jaguars were going to have a winning record this year? No. I did not think they were going to have a winning record. I believe when we did our like game-by-game prediction when the schedule released i had them at four and 12 something like that which that was wrong obviously so i did leave it saying they wouldn't go 500 and i don't think anyone expected us to do that well we were just kind of hoping as fans as fans do when it's you know a couple weeks before football season we're trying to get ourselves pumped up like yeah we're gonna be good this season did not happen. No one's out there saying, what happened to us? You know, you know, we oh, had everything yeah. in place. No one's saying that. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we never did. Right. Our height of our optimism obviously is after that Colts game, but it's also looking at the schedule ahead of us at that point and how, how theoretically easy we could have beaten the first, maybe four or five teams started off like four or five and oh, right. It would have been very misleading, but it would have been a amazing start. Yep. And instead, we started. We we did play some of these not as good teams, and just dished them their first victory week after week after. 
Oh, it just changed week by week, didn't it? We went from okay, all right. Well, we still have some. We're still optimistic. All right, uh, it's not going so well anymore. All right, let's just tank now. Yeah, it's over. We suck. And and it culminated in the final game of the season. The Jaguars lost to the Colts, fourteen to twenty-eight. And Mike Glennon uh, was in starting over Minshew. Threw a couple TDs uh, to. Uh, to Chenault, John Osier almost nailed it, man. He said he was thinking Chenault would have a two TD, two hundred something yard game, whatever. He got the TDs part right. Yeah, I'm, I was happy for him. I man, I need to see more out of him next year. I'm excited to watch him play though. Him and James Robinson. So it's gonna be fun, and we're gonna have a lot of new rookies coming in. It's gonna be a great draft. I'm pretty excited now. It's just the life of a fan, isn't it? You look back at last season, you're like, what the hell was I thinking when I was so optimistic? And at the end of it, we go 1-15. I'm like, we suck. And now today I'm here saying, wow, I'm optimistic again. It's like a never-ending rotation right there. Yeah. Have you booked your playoff tickets for next season? No, but this is a great time to officially announce the Jaguars went undefeated with me at the games. And they did not win a game when I was not in attendance. Wow. Man, and that every Jaguars game you've attended, they've won, right? Yeah, that's true. 2-0. and um, I plan to hopefully go on next year, honestly, to go see a game there. I think that'd be great. And I'm hoping you're, you're going to come with me. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to say goodbye, but I, I recommend you move to Jacksonville if this is the case. <laughs> if that's what it takes for us to win a Super Bowl, like in my lifetime, sure, I can do that. <laughs> you would do it. Career change. <laughs> relationship on ice like, like i'll pick up and Jackson. leave man i'll be homeless there it's fine okay I, I, we have to talk about and hopefully this is a last time thing uh colorado local andrew wingard had a pick <laughs> again another one on philip rivers again against philip rivers his second of the year if you just looked at that stat sheet you would have assumed this guy had like eight picks on the season and went to the pro bowl is this the last that we will see of Andrew Wingard in a Jaguars uniform? This guy, he's been just on my mind all season and not in a weird way. Just like, I'm like, do I like him or do I not like him? Like some of the things he does like on the field just make me so mad. And literally what you're talking about is little celebrations and stuff. But then you can look at it from the other end and be like, oh, he's very passionate. And this team's one in 14 and he's going out and trying his hardest and he cares. So I don't know how to look at it. I think he's kind of annoying, but I still kind of like him at the same time. I, well, I think if we compared if we compared Wingard to Taven Bryan, and we take Wingard, we take Dewey any day of the week, right? Yeah, <laughs> you called him Dewey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do I? I do think he can play a little bit of football, and I think he's like if it's if his feature is not here, he's going to play football somewhere and be in the NFL for a little bit. Honestly. I think he's good enough. So you're saying keep him around for his energy. But I don't know how that works with the locker room thing, right? Because he can be the most energetic. I mean, some, some kids I play basketball, like pick up basketball with. And <laughs> this is one guy. Oh, my God. I hope he never listens to this podcast. <laughs> he, he, like, <laughs> only jacks up threes, right? Only. And he's fucking, he's 20 years old. Oh, God. He should know better. Only jacks up threes. And he'll occasionally hit one out of like 15 and and trash talk and f-ing celebrate and all kinds of shit 
and then go on another like two days in a row not hitting a three and only jacking up threes and acting like he's a shooter. And it annoys the fuck out of me. Now, this is the guy who's he's most, he's, I, this is one of the people I see most often out of the court. He's very friendly. He's very encouraging to everyone else. He called he called me Kyrie Irving the other day. Oh boy! Uh, I'm very I'm very humbled. I'm very flattered, <laughs> but, but I don't think I want him on my team anymore. It's just can we say this about Wingard? I think we can, and that was a great story, by the way. You have your real life Andrew Wingard with you, so we don't even need Dewey on the Jaguars, right? <laughs> All right. Well, don't link him to the podcast, at least not this one. <laughs> We want to take a second to reflect before we end about the season, man. Taven Bryan, you mentioned him, and now he's in my head. I'm like, wow, what a terrible pick he was, man. He hasn't done absolutely nothing, hasn't improved. Oh, what a bad pick. We made a segment about this guy hoping to God that he would be decent, and maybe the segment would actually work. We can't even do the damn segment. The dude can't even play football. It's depressing to even give him airspace here and talk yeah. about him. Yeah. So let's not. <laughs> Moving off of him, it feels different, right, being a Jaguars fan now. It feels like we're going to get the pieces we've been waiting for forever. We're finally going to draft, actually draft a franchise quarterback, which is, no, you know, nothing's for certain, but things feel different. and. You see all this hate about the Jaguars, and no one wants to go to Jacksonville and play for the Jaguars. And I just heard of LeVar Arrington, a former um, Washington, I guess he was a Redskins linebacker. You know, he was talking about no one wants to go to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to change if Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence go there. It's not going to change anything, but I disagree completely, especially like being a Jaguars fan. Like, and what we've been through, it feels different. It actually feels different. So much of this Trevor Lawrence first draft pick is going to result in kind of a political influence or something here in the NFL. Um, yeah, a lot of it's superficial. Um, my barometer for some of this stuff is like, are people are are people going to talk about the Jaguars in a way that isn't just the the butt of a joke, which I think sometimes is is like not even deserved. It's just kind of a caricature they use. I think so far we're, we're crossing that line for the moment, right? I think the worst case scenario is whoever the Jaguars draft at QB is a bust, but I can't see that happening with Trevor Lawrence um, or even Justin Fields for that matter. And it's immediately elevating everything about this franchise. I mean, if you hire whoever the coach that comes in, if he's pitching to some fucking offensive line coach, out in Philadelphia, and he says, hey, you want to come in and coach offensive line for Trevor Lawrence? That's awesome, dude. That's that's it right there, man. When they go out to sign uh, like some, I don't know who they're looking at, who they look at, but if let's say we sign like a, a veteran defensive back and, and you say, hey, you want to come out here and lock the defense down for, for Trevor Lawrence to get back on the field? Dude, what a fucking like... Even surface level, even putting it on your resume, what a, what an opportunity. So yeah, I think those days, um, which are largely Tom Coughlin's fault, it sounds like, of this toxic uh, work environment that did not respect the players, they've, they've got to be over. It sounds like they're over, and it sounds like, you know, Shad Khan is doing everything <laughs> in my power to make them over. You can only hope, man. It, 
like I said, it feels different. And you're right, man. People are going to want to play with Trevor Lawrence. Offense, defense, it doesn't matter. And if Urban Meyer comes in, you get a good GM, man. People are going to want to play for this guy. He has a lot of connections. He's, I mean, he coached Ohio State, so a lot of Ohio State guys in the future, a lot of Ohio State players in the NFL, you know, things like that. People are going to want to play with him, with Trevor, and for Urban Meyer. So things are going to change. I don't think it's, oh, it's Jacksonville. It's going to be Jacksonville forever. That's not how sports work. That's not how it goes. No matter the market, you know, you could say we're a small market. They're a college football city. You can throw all that crap out the window. When you win games, all that shit is thrown out. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, thank you for joining us on the Drunken Jaguar this week. You can find us on Twitter at Drunken Jaguar. I'm Bentley. I'm at Weld Brown. And I'm a said at that youngest said. Uh, you wanna you wanna break down what um what we're gonna do for the next couple weeks, months, how you know when we're gonna be recording? We'll be here throughout the off season, and it'll probably be a kind of a every couple weeks. Um, we do have an episode coming up in which we take a look down Jaguars quarterback memory lane. Um, we're hoping, fingers crossed, that we have we'll be in position to draft uh, our starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. And with that, we'd like to commemorate the many who have previously held that position (laughs) (laughs) over the past uh, three decades. Definitely. And we'll probably do uh, some more special episodes just like that during the offseason, just to, you know, so you can listen to something Jaguar-y as you get excited. All right. Well, on that note, peace out. Go Jags. Go Jags. Shad Khan, Shad declares himself as <laughs> being more involved. He's the, I'm now general manager and head coach and your father. I don't know why I keep making him like a Bond villain or some shit. And we also promise Bentley's going to work on that Shad Khan impression over the offseason. Promise, guys. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect next year.